passion for God, and compassion for our neighbor. Reaching our region and beyond with the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. This is Crosswinds Church. And now, here's Pastor Jordan Gowing. Looking at uh, each of these different verses of Hark the Herald Angels Sing and spending some time uh, just considering the, the message of each verse. And so our first one, uh, our first little meditation comes from uh, the Gospel of Luke, uh, chapter 2, starting in verse 8. We're familiar with this passage. This is the passage where the angels appear to the shepherds. So please hear these words from the Gospel of Luke. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth among those with whom he is well pleased. Immediately after Jesus' birth, God sends his messengers to tell of this good news, to tell of the wondrous joy of Jesus' birth. And perhaps fittingly, because Jesus was not born in a palace, but was instead born in a feeding trough, he sends those messengers to shepherds. These shepherds were on the outside of society, and they were understandably terrified when they encountered these angels, these angels who came to bring them good news of great joy. There they were in the pitch blackness of night, and all of a sudden it starts to shine like the noonday with the brightness of the Lord's glory. What is the message that these angelic beings bring to the shepherds? Well, first they comfort the shepherds. These are shepherds who are fearing the wrath of God when all of these angels appear. And the angels comfort them. They speak words of hope to the shepherd. What are these words of hope? Well, these words of hope uh, are, are that the Messiah has been born. They bring good news of great joy. The Gospel of Luke chapter 2 starts with a little bit of a timestamp telling us when Jesus' birth takes place. And it says that it was during the reign of Caesar Augustus. In the first century, under Caesar Augustus, the nation of Israel was an occupied nation. They were ruled with an iron fist by an outside group, by someone who perceived that they were the king of the whole world. Years before Jesus' birth, Caesar Augustus had decided to call himself and to take the title Augustus, which means Holy One. Caesar Augustus believed that he was a god on earth, and he surrounded himself with choirs that would sing his praise, sing the greatness of his name as the one who brought peace, as the one who brought salvation to the entire world through the Roman Empire. In the face of this false peace, In the face of this self-proclaimed Savior, 
the angels proclaim otherwise. They tell the shepherds to head to Bethlehem, and there they will see the true Savior of the world. A helpless little baby. Head to Bethlehem, and you will see the true King of the world. The fullness of God swaddled in a manger. You see, today also, Christmas is filled with countless voices. Countless voices telling us to look elsewhere for a Savior, to look elsewhere for a King, to look elsewhere for hope. Gifts, money, a happy and fulfilling family. The nostalgia of Christmas. All these things are good, but they cannot save us. There is only one Savior for our souls. There is only one who is worthy of the title King. There is only one who is worthy of our allegiance. And so this Christmas, take some time to reflect and ask this question. Who is my Savior? Who is my King? And does my life reflect that confession? Let us make every effort this Christmas to join the confession of the angels. To bring our praise and our worship and our adoration to this newborn King. Let's continue in song. Luke's gospel gives us the details of Jesus' birth. And John's gospel sheds more light on the significance of who this Savior King in the manger really is. Please hear these words from the gospel of John, starting in chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word... And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And starting in verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. I fear that all too often when it comes to to Christmas, we can lose the shock and the wonder and just the awe of what these verses are trying to communicate to us. When they describe who Jesus is, and before that, they even describe who Jesus has always been. John's gospel doesn't start just with Jesus' birth in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. But he starts at the beginning of time, an eternity past. When you and I were born, when you and I were conceived, we came into existence. There was a moment when something that was not now forever will be. That's the incredible glory or the incredible beauty of birth. That something that was not now exists for forever. But the glory of Jesus' birth is that the one who has existed from the very beginning took on flesh and chose to dwell among his creation. Nearly all religions in the world teach a form of apotheosis. That's the belief that if man tries hard enough, he can become God. 
If you pray hard enough, if you work hard enough, if you are devout enough, if you find the right source of enlightenment, then you, a man, can become God. It's only in Christianity where we see the opposite. Not man becoming God, but God becoming man. You see, the mystery of the incarnation is difficult to capture in words. So consider this song that I think does an excellent job of describing the incarnation, the the idea of the creator becoming a part of creation, the, the potter taking the form of the clay. Who is God that he would take our frame, the artist inside the paint? Who is God that he would breathe the very air that his breath sustains? The architect inside the plan. Come, let us hail his arrival, the God of creation, royalty robed in the flesh he created. Jesus the maker has made himself known Hail, the infinite, infant God. The one who had no start, the one who knows no end, became confined in time and space. The everlasting God, the great I am, and the mercy of a mother's hands. Love embraced our fate when the playwright took the stage. It is through this miracle, the infinite God becoming infant, that we can see the fullness of God on display with incredible grace for us. This Christmas, don't let the good news of Jesus' birth grow stale. Remember, Just as John says in John chapter 1, that it is from his fullness that we are lavished with grace upon grace. Hebrews 7 tells us, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him. This Christmas, let us draw near to him and experience that grace upon grace. Please stand and continue in worship with us. If our first verse focused on the message of good news that the angels brought to the shepherds, and our second verse focused on the wonder, the mystery of God veiled in flesh, our third verse talks about the purpose of Christmas, the meaning of all of this. You see, C.S. Lewis once perfectly summed up this purpose, this meaning of Christmas when he said this, the Son of Man or excuse me, the Son of God became man that men might become the sons of God. And indeed, that's exactly what John reveals to us in his gospel. Consider these words from John chapter 1, verses 9 through 13. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, And his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, 
nor of the will of man, but of God. This Christmas, let us make every effort to remember the reason why Jesus came to earth. Jesus has come to make those who would receive him daughters of God and sons of God. What a wonderful yet terrifying concept that you and I are given the proposition that we could become children of God. C.S. Lewis, who we just quoted a few moments ago, he preached very few sermons, but one of the few sermons he preached, uh, one of them was called The Weight of Glory. And in this sermon, he describes the wonder of this offer, the prospect that we could become children of God, that we are immortal souls no matter what lies before us. Consider what he says about being a child of God. It is a serious thing to live in a society of possible gods and goddesses or sons of God and daughters of God. To remember that the dullest and most uninteresting person you can talk to may one day be a creature which if you saw them now, you would be strongly tempted to worship. Or they would become a horror and a corruption that you would only find in a nightmare. There are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. Nations, cultures, arts, civilizations, these are mortal. And they lie below us like the life of a gnat. But it is immortals that we joke with. It is immortals that we work with, that we marry, that we snub and exploit. Either immortal horrors or everlasting splendors. Christmas is the moment where heaven breaks into earth, where God's plan to make a broken, messy, rough human like me and like you and to his child. So what is the proper response for us at Christmas. As John tells us here in this passage, it is to simply receive the light. This evening, after our evening service, I encourage you to drive through town and just look at all of the lights on the houses here in Spencer. Admire the beauty, admire the creativity, but even more so, just think of the light that shone into the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The light that has entered into the world and gives you the right, the birthright, the privilege of being his daughter or his son. If you have not received him, then why would you wait? There is nothing possibly better for you to receive as a gift this Christmas than the purpose of Christmas, than becoming a child of God, a free offer of grace upon grace from the fullness of God in the manger. If you have already received him, if you are already a child of God, then this Christmas, take some time to marvel at the love of God for you that you would be called a child of God.
As we close our service this morning, let's take some time to join our voices with the angels in worship of the Savior King found in a manger. Please stand and let us sing. This has been a presentation of Crosswinds Church. More of Pastor Jordan's sermons can be found online at crosswinds.tv. Thanks for being with us, and may God continue to enrich your life.